Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. James Bond is coming back to the big screen in cinemas in the UK and we're hoping to go to every one of the 25 films. Join us as we celebrate the 60th anniversary of our favourite British agents by watching them all in order. We hope you guys are watching them too, so please let us know your thoughts. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and our podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify as well as video episodes on YouTube. Simply search for Really 007 Pod. Sean Connery left the role in 1967 and there was a newcomer to play James Bond. His name was George Lazenby and this is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. An avalanche of action. Bigger. Better. Different. He's around. Vistas of sweeping splendor. Different. It must be so if he's in the picture. Fabulous beauties. All of them dolls. Every one different. They've got to be when he's around. My name's Bond. James Bond. The new Bond. Suppose I were to kill you for a thrill. The different 007. George Lazenby. The different Bond from the same stable. Diana Rake as the Comtesse. The different Bond woman. This one's got class and style. The villains with a difference. Telly Savalas as Blofeld. A new destructive force. 
with the difference. If my demands are not met, I shall proceed with the systematic extinction of whole species of cereals and livestock all over the world. Gabriel Fazzetti as Draco, a tough mafia daddy with a problem child. Papa, where's James? Don't worry, you'll join us soon. But we can't leave him. He doesn't need your help. I will not go without you. You'll have to. On the day you marry her, I'll give you a personal dowry of one million pounds. Oh, oh. 007 times more exciting than your wildest dreams. The creative skills of the cinema's master filmmakers. We've hit the Russia. If you think you know your bond, think again. This one's different. This one's got heart. I love you. I know I'll never find another girl like you. Can you marry me? Diamond of life. Two one four. All the precious things love has in store. We have all the love. If that's all we have, you will find we need nothing more. Right, well, I'm here with Chris and John, ahead of watching Honor Majesty's Secret Service, our first non-Sean Connery film, watching on the big screen. So, John, first of all, I know this is a big favourite of yours. How are you feeling? Nervous, excited... <laughs> expectant, a range of emotions, which I'm sure will only be more emotional when it finishes. Well, of, of course, of course. You've not seen it on the big screen before, Never seen it on the big screen. I've always thought, well, not always, but the last few years, I've, I've thought it's the best-looking Bond film. Yeah, I think there's some unbelievable camera shots at times in mm. terms of, well, obviously, all your pits Gloria, all your, your ski stuff, but there's a lot of great shots, like sunsets and those kind mm. of things. And, and I, I'm fully expecting that to really stand out at the cinema. It's the best, for me personally, it's the best John Barry score. So I'm very excited about that. Go on, Chris. I'm sure you're very excited and as well. The, the, this and Doctor No and, you know, Living Daylight's five of my top spot. So this for me is special. I, I, like, like John said, love really looking forward. This is such a visual cinematic film. I can't wait to see it. Widescreen, big screen, great, you know, transfer and everything. And obviously the score. It's, I want it to blow my head off. I, just, mm. I can't wait for the skiing scene. Just and also the the. the I just think that I, I hope it's kind. I, I hope it's kind to George seeing him on the big screen mm. in terms of his acting. I hope that people might actually see and see he's a better actor than. Yeah. Um, that people assume he is. Yeah, no, that, that, that is a fair point. And obviously, it's quite a shift for this film in terms of the emotional stakes and everything. And yeah. So it might be a bit of a different, I'm, I'm, it's a wonderful, I'm sure it'll be a wonderful film to watch cinematically and the scale and those stuff, the stuff that you, you've been mentioning, but, but also like the emotion of every, everything, it is a bit of a shift. It, it comes out of nowhere. I agree with Chris's point about 
I hope it's kind to George mm. because what we've seen over the last five weeks is how ridiculously good Connery yeah. is. However, I stand by my assertion that this film would not be better if Connery's in it. Mm. And the reason why I believe that is because of the emotional scenes and because of the vulnerability that George shows. Because Connery is just nonplussed all the time because he is super, super smooth. But I think what really adds to this film is that there's a Bond here who he could get caught and the Bond who does get his heart broken. And in like if you look at like the contrast between what's happened before, you've now got the first time that Tracy and Bond sleep together, Tracy leaves Bond in bed. We've never had anything like that before. It's a complete twist of anything that's happened before. Tracy's the one who drives the car. You know, it, 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 it's a vulnerable Bond. And I can understand why reaction was mixed when it came out. Because it is just so far removed from anything that had gone before. Yeah. But I'm so glad that time's been so kind to it because it's, I, I believe it's a masterpiece, I really do. Just finally, Chris, obviously, some of the musical cues in this film were, were used in No Time to Die, and I just, I just wanted to ask you about the fact that, obviously, that was a film you, you saw at the cinema, and now this you're seeing for what they were intended for, me at the cinema. Like, will that have... I mean, has that even come into your thinking? It probably hasn't, I don't know. No, no, until now, Matt. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, for me, it hasn't hasn't sullied it, and if you want to hear our thoughts on No Time to Die, you feel free to look at the, you know, go back to our initial kind of review. (laughs) But no, it isn't, because, like, this soundtrack is the one that I put on all year round. Mm. I will listen to it, listen to, to tracks, and it is pure cinematic cinema you know mm. it, the score is phenomenal it, it, it is you listen to that music and it takes you to the scene to feeling the excitement and that for me I'm looking yeah. forward to because you can't separate that that image that film with the soundtrack yeah well I'm so excited to watch it as well I really I really can't I'd like to say it's a big shift for this film but I just I, I really I really can't can't wait you know it's one I've become more accustomed to over more recent years rather than one I watched always as a kid but yeah there's just so much to look forward to and yeah let's let's go get him an November man or that guy Sai gave his thoughts on on a Manchester Secret Service on the big screen well where some of you had the chance to see it at the weekend where we are my partner and I have our seats booked for Tuesday at our local Odeon a few weeks ago I took her to see Dr No and we both had a great night together and she asked to see Goldfinger but it was sold out, which was unlucky for us, but it says a lot about the popularity after all these years. I was keen to see Thunderball, but I had commitments that night, and the night of you only lived twice. So we both settled for On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I don't think she has seen this, so I'm pretty keen to see how her reaction and how it all plays out. What I'm looking forward to? The music, John Barry, the cinematography and the action and espionage of the whole film. As you all know, the whole film's just a class act. We all know it's a special film, and for some of us, the best of the bunch. Tuesday couldn't come soon enough. I'll report back there. Hello, this is Gary Kay at the Odeon Cinema in Bath. Just about to go in to see one of my absolute favourite Bond films of all time, On a Majesty's Secret Service. Really looking forward to watching this. Features my favourite portrayal of Blofeld, um, played by Telly Savalas, as well as... Um, one of the all-time greatest actresses, Diana Rigg, playing Bond's love interest and future wife. 
as well as the highly underrated George Lazenby replacing the mighty Sean Connery for one film only. I'm most looking forward to seeing the fantastic ski chases and aerial shots of his glory on the big screen, as well as hearing my favourite John Barry score through a powerful cinema sound system. Anyway, I'm heading on in now and catch up with you later. Here we are, traffic centre again, but we've got, uh, well, it used to be that Sam was the special guest, but he's a regular now, so Rob is now the special guest. <laughs> so good, good to see you, good evening chaps. Great, hello, good morning, <laughs> good evening. I don't know why I said good morning. <laughs> we've actually had a meal together, so it's not like we just met up there anyway. No, but no. Um, Rob, yes, yeah, so I mean, we've got we've got license to kill at the weekend, but yep. this is an amazing bonus for you, isn't it? Can you imagine, like, being in this position that you're going to see on a Majesty's on a Tuesday and then license to kill both on the big screen <laughs> on Saturday? I mean, it's ridiculous. So excited. Were you worried that you might not be able to see any? Yes, sort of obviously, up to um, three children and the yeah. fact that they decided to do every school activity or after-school activity under the sun has meant that it's been very hard to get to any. So I'm really excited, and I've worked out, as we were discussing before, that aside from the Brosnans and the Craigs, this is the first Bond film I've seen at the cinema. It's that massive, is isn't it? It is. Pretty well, it must be for most people, mm. until the ones when they were old enough to go. Yeah. Of course, Licence to Kill, we were too too young to watch. Absolutely. It was just 15, wasn't it? So. An opportunity, though, the cinemas have given us. It. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The, the listeners have been asking for you, Rob, to appear, <laughs> so they'll be happy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sam, you, you've seen this twice already at the cinema. Yes, yes. So once in uh, the BFI three years ago, and then once two months ago at the Prince Charles. So I'm fairly caught up on it. But I mean, it's my favourite Bond film. It's one of my favourite films. It's played my top ten films all the time. Oh my so. word! But the first time you it. saw it was with like George Lazen was there. Wasn't yeah, it? he came, like he was, I think he was either sat at the back or whatever, and then he came down and had an interview with David Williams afterwards. Oh. It was a bit awkward and weird. He mentioned about Peter Hunt's gay friends coming onto the set, and it was like, <laughs> okay, I want to know more about that. But no, yeah. but it was interesting. Yeah. And it was great that he was there to talk about it, and everyone had a good time. And it was so silent at the end. It was. Yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, everyone, everyone laughed awkwardly when. But the experience of seeing this film on the big screen is, to me, like all the, the music, the sets, the locations, every single thing about this film is amazing. So. Sam, I'm absolutely pumped. Oh, I just wish you a Christmas. I'm a special speaker for you, Rob. I know, so. I know. <laughs> Can I add as well, so, uh, first time I met Sam tonight, an even bigger gentleman in real life. Oh, than, uh, than oh lovely, lovely yeah, scenes. Yeah. I would love to say the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, Rob is great. Rob is great. Robert is great. <laughs> right, we will resume this after. We better not miss the film. Yeah. Speak soon a bit, guys. Need a nervous me as well. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Action. This is John Glenn. You're listening to Really 007 Podcast. Oh, Back in you. Back. I don't know. She regret me that, but it's impossible. I regret too, but I don't have any money. Dame can't pay up. S'il vous plaît, madame. Venez avec moi. S'il vous plaît, madame. Forgive me. My mind was elsewhere. Madame has forgotten we agreed to be partners this evening. Please continue. Merci. Grand meal à la banque. Good luck as the thing bailed out like that the last minute. Waiter. Don't bring your 57, sir. Why do you persist in rescuing me, Mr. Bond? 
It's becoming a habit, isn't it, Contessa Teresa? Teresa was a saint. I'm known as Tracy. Well, Tracy, next time play it safe and stand on five. People want to stay alive, play it safe. Please stay alive. At least for tonight. Come later. I hope it'll be worth it. Pardon. <laughs> Send us to suite 423 with uh, caviar for two. We miss you. So just back from on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Wow. Both my partner and I had a great time. I'd say Scream was full. The last Bond film we seen was the first Doctor No. Most notable was it appeared to be widescreen tonight. Doctor No, I go four by three ratio. It made a big difference to the overall viewing experience and the transfer and the music was just sublime. We were surprised by some jump scares uh, from some of the audience. They just seemed to be caught off guard. Don't imagine I've seen the film before, but it did dial up on some of the atmosphere on the film tonight. And it's actually hard to believe how well these classic films look. Uh, the restoration is amazing. Speaking of the John Barry soundtrack, it's just one of the best. Uh, between the song itself, the main theme song, and the soundtrack that runs throughout, kudos also to Peter Hunt. It's difficult to describe how well the song is shot, mostly on location, and the angles used to really make this song very individual, which is apt as it's voice of only. Speaking of George Lazenby, my partner and I both thought he did a great job in the role. He's a rather slim and slender compared to Connery, but he's very hands-on and capable in the action scenes, which makes things more convincing. I can see the argument for this being one of the best songs in the franchise. It covers a lot of new ground in its runtime, yet delivers all things Bond. Only thing I wasn't aware, as it's been some time since I've seen it, is the opening credits show a lot of footage from the previous songs. Obviously try to hammer home that the character's the same, despite the lead actor changing. Anyway, a great night out, a great film. Now, Living Like Die is my next. I'll report back. Patch here. So, on the Majesty's Secret Service. You know, seeing it on the big screen was such a great treat. You know, having been to quite a few of the Swiss locations you can see in the films, such as Lauterbrunnen, Prise Gloria, and Grindelwald, it was quite something to see it all again, but like in a time capsule of the 60s. And with the director of photography like Michael Reed, how can you not admire all the breathtaking scenery of the Swiss Alps? As well as practically everything else in the film, since it's beautifully shot too. I was very much looking forward to seeing the ski chases, and they didn't disappoint. The tension is unpalpable. Like most of Majesty's other action sequences, they can be quite visceral, especially the fights Bond has at the beginning with one or more of Draco's thugs, particularly the scene in Tracy's room. <laughs> it's quite funny to hear the uh, gatecrasher line. <laughs> Diana Riggs' Tracy was the real scene-stealer for me. <laughs> and it's even more apparent for me on this viewing how much he added to her character in the book, who, while not uncompelling, isn't as fleshed out or as lovable even as the film version of Tracy. It's, it's just one of those things that help make all those romantic scenes between her and Bond feel so genuine. Credit to Peter Hunt, Michael Reed and John Glenn for doing such a stiller job with putting together that Barnes scene in particular. 
George Lazenby gives a reasonable performance, despite his inexperience as an actor. I think he peaks in most of the scenes shot at Pinewood, which would have been when he clearly settled into the role more than when he was filming in Switzerland. I wouldn't say he's the best at playing Bond undercover, though maybe the dubbing is to blame for that, because obviously it's uh, George Baker dubbing him and not doing his own voice. Nevertheless, he is terrific in the fight scenes, and he's pretty good when acting alongside Diana Rick. But for me personally, he doesn't quite manage to attain that level of suaveness that Connery exuded. And sometimes his line readings can feel a little flat too. But you know, perhaps if he stayed on for more films, he could have alleviated those issues. Telly Savalas's Blofeld, I have rather mixed feelings on. Mostly because he's not really how I picture the character. But, you know, that's more than made up for by Irma Bunt. She's continually creepy throughout and I couldn't help but jump a little in my seat when she has that jump scare moment in uh, Ruby's bedroom. Yikes. <laughs> Still, what a shame that Ilza Steppert passed away shortly after the film came out. It would have been nice to see her return as Bunt if they decided to take diamonds down the sequel route. Oh well. Now, everyone's going to mention that ending, and of course, it was an absolutely powerful moment in the cinema. The audience in the screening I was at wasn't big, but there was total silence at the very end. Proof of the scene's power. So next up is obviously Diamonds Are Forever, and since that is a film I'm quite fond of, I'm bound to be defensive of it. But, you know, I will continue to sing Majesty's praises as it is a remarkable entry in the Bond saga and one that certainly set the stage for many other films in the franchise that I love, particularly the ones uh, directed by John Glenn. Mm, definitely took inspiration from what the likes of Terence Young and Peter Hunt had set prior. Right then, till next time. Right, gents, we've just come out of watching On A Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, oof, what, what to say, really? I mean, what are your, uh, what are your initial feelings? What are your, what are your thoughts following that, John? Well, you just come out with a different emotion to any of the others you've watched, don't you, really? It's an incredibly well-made film, I really believe that. I think, in a lot of ways, it kind of, like, throws the rule book out mm. in, in terms of filmmaking, in terms of... It's incredibly slow-paced at first, like, lots of lots of dialogue and, and, and takes its time. And then the final 40 minutes are as frenetic mm. as pretty much anything in any other Bond film. Yeah. It shouldn't work. It shouldn't work because of how even it is. And yet it's an absolute masterpiece. It, I, I stand by it. It's, it's an incredible piece of filmmaking. The score was sensational. The, the cinematography of that film mm. is something to behold. Diana Rigg is brilliant. I think it's Bernard Lee's best performance. I actually think it's Lois Maxwell's best performance. Yeah. And I think some of that is because they know that because Sean's not there, they have got to step up mm. as the regulars. And they really do. George grows in the film, I feel. I feel like he gets mm. better and better as it goes on. Where he struggles is joke-telling, is one-liners. They've kept the one-liners in because that's what Bond does. Mm. But he doesn't have that charisma that Connery doesn't yeah. have that yeah but his emotions when he's walking he's got a quality strut about him yeah, he he's a brilliant 
physical fighter. Yeah. He more than holds his own in this film. Yeah, it, it's it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. I won't sleep tonight because I'll be thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. I'm not. Last week I came out and I was like a kid. Yeah. After you on the twice. This week I feel raw. But without ragging on No Time to Die, I feel the raw way that an emotional film should make you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. So, guys, you've just come out of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. What are your thoughts, in particular, you? Jack. It's Jack, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was quite good, but it, I wouldn't say it's one of my favourites. No. But I do like it. What bits did you like, Jack? Like, the part where he was fighting on the, um, the bobsleigh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when he got, when he flew off it. <laughs> yeah. What about the skiing as well? Yeah, that, like that? Was, that was good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. What about you guys? How did you how did you find yeah, it? Presumably you've seen it before. Story, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story yeah. Wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quite yeah. like quite like that one. It's it's just one of the longer ones, but yeah, it's quite it's uh, I don't know. It's probably one of the best ones as well. Yeah. And what about like the emotional stuff and the stuff with Tracy? Yeah. You know, yeah. What, what, yeah. 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 Well, you don't see Bond getting married, do you? Sir? No, 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 <laughs> no. You don't. What about the heartbreaking ending? Oh, we fun. knew it was coming, really, so we were... <laughs> it, was fun, it was fun, was it, Jack? Yeah. Right. <laughs> What's your guys' thoughts on George Lazenby in it? We, I, yeah, thought I, thought it was, I thought it was better than George Lazenby. He's a good bond, yeah. but it's a shame yeah. he only did I, one. I, I wouldn't say he's a good bond. No. no. I believe he was uh, persuaded not to do anymore, wasn't he? Well... Yeah, I think he might have got a bit too big for his boots. Yeah, and, uh, well, well. yeah, yeah. He was yeah. demanding more money than yeah. money. Yeah, exactly. It would have been really interesting to see if he had done any more. Yeah, yeah. Especially because this one is just standalone. It's just yeah, one of those yeah. outliers. I've learned you had a contract like for four or five films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, and it would have been really interesting yeah. to see what Diamonds Are Forever would have been like. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, as a, yeah, so, because I think Bond's a bit too old as a Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Will you guys? Up will you, age, yeah. Oh, yeah. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Does Sean? Yeah. yeah. Will you guys be coming back for for that yeah, next yeah. week? Yeah. 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 Including Roger. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, might, we might not do the Daniel Craig one. Oh right. I mean, especially No Time to Die. I went to see that twice already. Oh right. Yeah. So it's still soon, quite a lot to. Yeah. 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 As long as it isn't yeah. as hot as that. Oh uh, yeah, it was. It was really hot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you very much. I'll let you go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, it's one of the ones that you were looking forward to watching on the big screen. How are you feeling after that? I think it didn't let me down at all. I think that it, it is such a cinematic experience. Everything is, you know, that I hadn't noticed that there's like two fights where it's deliberately very noisy. You know, there's a fight mm. in the like just before he goes to see Draco, and, and it's like all echoey, and it's like banging mm. around. It's quite disorienting. And there's a fight later on uh, with the with the cowbells. It's really loud again. Yeah. It just, and yeah. there's lots of scrapping. I'm really just kind of noticed that. But yeah, seeing it at the cinema, the avalanche scene was just amazing. It felt like you were trapped in it. I don't think I'd never. I don't think I'd appreciated yeah. that. Oh, yeah. You know, just watching it on TV. So yeah, as a as a you know, as a cinema experience, it can't be faulted. I thought it was brilliant. The emotional scenes scenes felt more emotional. Yeah, I felt that absolutely. The, the 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 courtship felt believable. Yeah. I, there was so much more because you so obviously you, you you concentrate on it more. You're taking more in. 
like just I love just how George is just much more you know you see this like the affection that he has towards him mm. he puts his hand on her shoulder and he's always kind of yeah. reaching out just the way that you, you have that physical kind of uh, affection that was brilliant and the ending is just is like just a gunshot that's it and it, it is I forget just <laughs> I'm like I've seen that film quite a lot of times and it's still such a gut punch oh, it really and is. you kind of like yeah. wow but I stand by the use of the, the, the music at the end I do think, with the bomb theme yeah because I think I think that as an audience if it was left that way it would be very <laughs> I, for me it's James Bond will return James Bond will come back and get Bond yeah. Weld obviously if we didn't get that but in my mind that's what the intent was that Trace is dead Bond is going to get his revenge yeah yeah absolutely I mean just just to share some of my thoughts yeah I really this is the starkest I've ever felt the contrast from what's come before to, to what we got what we got then and you know John you mentioned it I just, before we went in I just cannot possibly imagine Sean in this film it, it totally relies on it being yeah. George or someone else yeah. I don't know and he, he seems far more Vulnerable, not just emotionally, but physically, and in his decision making, he's he's quite sort of reckless, and not everything comes off for him. But yeah, emotionally, the storyline with with Tracy really is pretty pretty beautiful, and you know it starts off and 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 you know you're not sure of his intentions clearly because of the the dowry that's being offered, and then they have there's the montage, but that I really felt it when he's in a in a pretty pretty bad way when he's being pursued in the uh, in the skiing village yeah, or whatever yeah. and then when when she turns up and like he just looks up to her i think at that point he's like he's take, completely taken and then chris you were saying those little physical bits when they're driving even though they're being yeah, pursued yeah. he just can't help but kiss her on yeah. the cheek uh, he's just totally enamored with her and yeah i don't know i just i just noticed all those other things that you said as well uh, like John like the final 40 minutes or whatever from, from when he escapes skiing down right till the end it's just non-stop it's just it's phenomenal filmmaking and yeah and that's another thing it's not just it's not just the story it's not just the emotional stakes that are so different from what's gone before it's not just the performance of Bond but the direction it feels it does feel so different and that you know like Chris you mentioned the fights but you know the, the, the styles the the quick cutting, the, yeah. the the like zooming in and on yeah. certain time, it just feels like so much different to what's gone before. So I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to share before. It just adds to the legend that it's Peter Hunt's one direction yeah, film yeah. that he directs. Yeah. It's George Lazenby's yeah. one film that is James Bond. Yeah. And that's why I think it stands out even more. Yeah. Yeah. Because as you just said, you just Imagine if it had came back and, and Diamonds Are Forever would have been something completely different. Yeah. And it could have changed the whole direction of the Bond films. You probably would not have got the tone of Live and Let Die no. or Man with the Golden Gun because you wouldn't have had, you know, it wouldn't have been Tom Mankiewicz. It would have carried on with yeah. Maybon. And it's fascinating. Yeah. And I think, I think George would only have ever got better. I think he would. Yeah. I think he just, he, like you say, just towards the end, he sort of. I just think he would relax. He would just have confidence yeah. in himself and his acting, as well as the filmmakers. You know that. You know, there's comments about the fact that he never let him finish a sentence about cutting away and things like yeah. that. There is, he isn't. 
particularly well, you know, obviously respected in terms of his acting, but I, I, there's none of it that I watch, I think, oh gosh, that's terrible acting. No, I agree. I just think that he, do, he's, he they are huge shoes to fill with yeah. you know, following Connery, who is one of the most charismatic actors of all time. Absolutely. And he may, you know, who can live up to that? But he makes it his own. Like you say, yeah. he has that swagger, sort of swagger, he has a certain amount of confidence, but he also has a sort of, at times he is lost and he has that, that vulnerability that you said, like you said before, like Connery just, I don't think he would mm. ever have, no. I don't know if he would have allowed or, or certainly couldn't convey as James Bond. Well guys, I'm, I do feel quite drained after yes. that. Um, <laughs> I really feel drained. Yeah, and a bit of a change in, in gear and pace for next week, you know, we keep, we keep going, but I'll be going over this in my mind quite a lot and, and going through what an experience it's been. You know, it's so emotional, but it's such a positive experience in so many ways that, yeah. Yeah. If you can see this at the cinema, uh, you I'll must. Really, really try. You I'll must. Anyway, gents, thank you very much. Merry Christmas, 007. I'm Sir Hilary Bray. Oh, no, 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 Mr. Bond. Respectable baronets from the College of Heralds do not seduce female patients in clinics. On the other hand, they do get their professional details right. The Blochamp tombs are not in the Augsburg Cathedral, as you said, but in the St. Anna Kirch. Sir Hilary Bray would have known. A small slip. It takes more than a few props to turn 007 into a herald. Take more than cutting off your earlobes, Blofeld, to turn you into a count. I may yet surprise you. In the meanwhile, I will keep you here as my guest. You'll be very useful in helping to convince the authorities that I mean what I say, and I'll do what I claim. Come, let me show you to your new quarters. Hello, listeners to Real 007, and of course to the chaps who we hear on Real 007. Uh, Dean Tucker here. You might know me on Twitter. Uh, potentially if not hello it's me um just back from watching on her majesty's secret service on the big screen and this had to be honest with you this is my second time watching it uh, a number of uh, bond fans a number of months ago now saw it at the prince charles cinema in london which was fantastic and it's fantastic seeing it on actually a bigger screen uh, this time round and i just got a comment on the quality actually we know we like the film is amazing and it still is amazing and it really really holds up but the quality the 4k transfer just looked absolutely incredible probably the best of the transfers so far actually it looked stunning the colors were stunning the cl this clarity as well at times it, you could have it could have looked like the film uh, was made uh, around this time of course the film itself still stands up um interesting to see uh some children in this particular screening as well who were quiet throughout i think they started to get a little bit agitated and uncomfortable towards the end because it's quite a long film but they particularly stood silent or sat silent during the final moments and quite right too uh, still left a mark on me that ending the score particularly uh, is just amazing we are we have all the time in the world just works so well in the film and it belongs to this film but yeah it was great to see really enjoying these bond screenings and looking forward to Diamonds Are Forever next week. And shout out to Sam Rogers. Hello there, Darren Bethel here with my take on Ohms, an SI-derived unit of electrical resistance named after German physicist Georg Ohm. I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me there. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> start. <coughs> start again. Thy dawn, O master of the world, thy dawn. You could say that this poem, beautifully recited by Diana Rigg, could have related to George Lazerby himself. 
He could have had everything, a seven bond picture deal, a millionaire lifestyle, a master of his own world. But after rather dubious advice, he walked away. When Goldeneye was first released, I remember George being on British Breakfast Television being asked what advice he would give Pierce Brosnan. Do two, Pierce, do two. And they can't say they didn't like you. If everything was equal and George appeared in one of the less liked Bond films, would we look upon him in the same way? I'm not going to give an example of a less successful Bond film because each their own, but to have Honor Majesties as your only appearance as James Bond, that's very lucky. I remember first seeing this way back in the mid-80s, thinking this was a breakaway Bond film a la Casino Royale 67 or Never Say Never Again, given it was a different bloke and it was a one-off. It just felt so weird. It also had a kind of black sheep aura about it all. This is the one that no one liked. The one that bombed. When the Bond films were released for the second time for purchase in 1989 with the blue Bond silhouettes on the cover, Honor Majesties was one of the later ones to be gifted one Christmas morning. And it was through watching this again that I realised that this wasn't so bad. Then I found out that version was cut by about 15 minutes, completely removing the gumbold section and some piss glorious scenes. It was purchased twice afterwards on video with the full version, a pan and scan version when released on MGMUA home video in the mid 90s, and a widescreen version in a widescreen box set of all the Bond films at that time. In short, this is the Bond film that I have the most copies of in one way, shape or form sort of adding to its uniqueness for me. I had the pleasure of seeing this on the big screen about seven years ago in the build-up to the release of Spectre, and it was absolutely fantastic. Seven years later, will I feel the same way? Of course I bloody did, I can't believe I just said that again. The attendance was double the amount as last week, probably emphasising the curiosity and the love for this particular Bond film. And there's lots to love, most notably Diana Rigg. She's my favourite Bond woman, enough said. In the Radio Times, I read an interview with Rachel Sterling, Diana's daughter, who said she auditioned for the role of Vespa in Casino Royale. She had to fly back from India to attend the audition with Daniel Craig, but a case of Delhi Belly didn't help her cause. Without knocking Eva Green's superb performance at all, wouldn't it have been a nice touch that a real-life mother and daughter portrayed the women that captured Bond's heart? <sighs> Tipping the velvet. Sorry, just drifted off there for a moment. Telly Savalis is my favourite Blofeld, a sumptuous mix of thuggery and snobbery. Ilsa Steppart is an excellent and easy presence, and Gabriella Fazzetti is very charismatic. The action set pieces in this film are some of the very best. The avalanche section and the bobsleigh fight introduced us to the brilliance of recent nonagenarian John Glenn, and also to Anthony Squire, the stock car sequence director. And so to Lazenby himself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. If everything remained the same, cast, crew, story, music, etc., and Sean Connery played Bond, this would be the best of the lot. I do not believe how I've heard some Bond fans believe that it wouldn't be as believable if the Sean Connery Bond fell in love and got married, etc., etc. For those who haven't seen these films, watch The Hill and subsequently The Offence, the film made as a result of Connery's return to Bond in Diamonds. He would have eaten this film up and loved it too. A perfect antidote to what he believed Bond became, a button-pushing misogynist. What if On Her Majesty's was the next film after Goldfinger? Likely we wouldn't have had the same film, but if he kept to the book, it would have been his finest hour. But what of Lazenby? Well, there are times in which he doesn't quite pull it off. The scenes with them, especially pleading to destroy Piss Glory and save Tracy, you just wonder how Timothy Dalton would have done it. There are one or two elements which weren't helped by the direction or editing. There are one or two close-ups in which George is looking to something on the left or the right, which is really off-putting, as though he's not fully focused. The dubbing of George Baker I don't find as grating as others, but all this could have been avoided if they cut the entire Sir Hilary Bray scene altogether. What I believe they should have done is keep Bond a quarterdeck, explaining to M what he had done in studying genealogy, that he met Sir Hilary Bray and convinced him that via disguise and knowledge, etc., he would pull it off, to which M would grant permission, and he'd cut straight to Switzerland with Lazenby's posh accent. What also didn't help, and I'm not usually one to notice sartorial issues, but some of the suits George wore, they didn't look right. Golf suits, the jodhpurs, and the kilt. They just jarred. The most important pre-title sequence showed Lazenby's fighting skills to great effect, but after rescuing Tracy from the sea and placing her down on the beach to recover, would he really have introduced himself in that way? He would have shown concern about Tracy and whether she was okay, etc., etc. Not just brandy his name about and expect her to immediately show affection. And then there's the famous aside, not exactly to the camera before the titles. I think it's pretty clear that the filmmakers weren't sure how the public would take to Lazenby, especially with the bad press flying around at the time. So the anxiety to make the audience believe that this was the same character, with references to the previous actor and the films, made matters worse for George. However, whatever shortcomings there were to George's performance, there were two scenes which showed the potential he had. The proposal and the death of Tracy. What Diamonds could have been if Lazenby and Peter Hunt had stayed? If they did do diamonds, I would have hoped they would have reduced the need of additional ADR, as at the time some characters are fighting amongst themselves as to who is the best ventriloquist. Honor Majesties has the best soundtrack, which Barry had to make the most Bondian of all, given James Bond wasn't in it. It has some of the best action sequences, it's the most faithful to arguably the best of the Fleming books, it's the most unique of the series in terms of style and emotion, it has my favourite Bond woman, the scenes between Bond and Tracy are fantastic. It has my favourite Blofeld. It has one of the best casts. Yet it doesn't quite hit the ultimate peak. But it's one of the very, very best. Next is the first Bond caper, which I haven't seen on the big screen yet. Will I get more out of this like I did with You Only Live Twice? To be honest, my expectations are low. But perhaps that's a good thing. All the best, guys. Hi, this is Chris Schofield from Not So Sonny Nelson. In Pendle, just come out of the View Cinema at Preston, having just watched Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Well, yet again after last week, it, these films just get better and better looking them on the big screen. They just look incredible. 
I don't think the restorations seem to me as good as the previous films that I've watched, but it was still it's stunning. What can I say about the rest of the film in regards to going away from the picture? The sound was amazing. George Lazenby starts off a little bit ropey at the beginning, but just swings into the film as it goes along and just looks ace. Dana Rigg is absolutely stunning. She's a fantastic file for James Bond in this film. The action scenes are brilliant. The fight scenes are just they're just so I don't know what Daniel Craig is now that's what they were then they're just hard physical fights they just look really really good I've just thoroughly enjoyed this film I've come out a bit sort of like I should have recorded this when I got home but I just thought I'd just record my words now yeah roll on next one I've got a feeling it's not going to be quite as great for me I've never been a big fan of diamonds but Honor Majesty's big screen Wow, you lucky people. Back in the 60s, this must have looked amazing. One note that I did think of when Bond walks up to the, the restaurant area where all the women are and the, has the little sort of wah-wah music made me think of a carry-on film. And I sort of smiled and thought in another alternative universe, Jim Dale would have played uh, James Bond. Anyway, jokes aside, great evening, fantastic film. Roll on the next one and the next one and the next one. Keep up the good work, lads. Love the podcast, it's fantastic. Anyway, signing out. Bye. Hi guys, it's uh, James from GoldenEye Forever 92 here. I went to see A Majesty's Secret Service at View Darlington. It's not one of them films that I've ever been totally madly in love with, and I've never disliked it either, but it's been in the middle for me. I always kind of questioned how much I could believe in Bond and Tracy's romance, but honestly, seeing it on the big screen, totally blown away. I bought into it so much. I think seeing George and Diana... The chemistry between them, it was totally believable, but the main thing for me was the colours, the score. I mean, it's just made for the big screen. I went, I had added four Vespers, so, you know, I was on my way, and it just took me on a journey. Watching it at home, there was always parts where, you know, it felt a bit slow, but sat in that seat, seeing it on the big screen, perfect surround sound system. Yeah, it was just an absolute trip. A trip that I'm honestly contemplating going again to see tomorrow night. Just an amazing film, incredible. Highlight for me, you know, it's probably gonna be Escape from Piz Gloria, that whole sequence, just the music, you know, just incredible. Incredible film. I can see now why people love it. I guess that's the beauty of the big screen. Bob Foster here, just come out of the Odeon at Derby after seeing On A Majesty's Secret Service and I must say this has been my favourite viewing so far of these 4K films. You've just got to see these films on widescreen, on the big screen at the cinema. The gun barrel was excellent with the links to Dr. No. The pre-titles was again fabulous with the, the intrigue of seeing uh, Lazenby's reveal of Bond and the excellent fight on the beach. Morris Binder's titles were fabulous. And of course, John Barry's music, which was excellent throughout. My favourite scene, even on the television, but I was virtually knocked out by it, was when Bond is walking downstairs to the casino with the purple wallpaper. It looked absolutely superb on the big screen. His fight in his room, Diana Rigg, was great, uh, a fabulous character. And then when they get to Switzerland, as I say, it, it just looks marvellous on the big screen. 
uh, when they get to Pete's Gloria. I've really enjoyed all the ski chases. And uh, when you get to the last scene, it was so emotional. I had a lump in my throat when I was watching it. Again, I'm really looking forward to the next two or three because they're, they're all, always been my favourites. Diamonds and then Roger Moore's first two. Overall, a great experience. So here I am signing off. Okay, bye. Tracy, and he's in... Shouldn't be concerned with anything but himself. I understand. We just have to go on the way we are. Huh. We'll have to find something else to do. Are you sure, Jane? I love you. I know I'll never find another girl like you. Hello, this is Gary Kay. Just seen Honor Majesty's Secret Service at the Odeon Bath, and I've got to say I was absolutely blown away by the experience of watching the film on very large cinema screen for the first time. I thought the colours and the picture quality were better than the other films that I've seen, although those were really excellent beforehand, but this really was outstanding, other than a couple of minor little bits when the picture wasn't quite as focused as the rest of the film. The sound quality was stunning. It really did show off John Barry's score magnificently. It's without a doubt my favourite of Barry's scores for the Bond films. Apart from variations of the fantastic title theme that are played throughout the movie, one of the bits that stood out for me that I hadn't really noticed before was um, this lovely, beautiful piece of music that played during the resignation sequence when Bond's um, speaking to Moneypenny. The casino sequence looked absolutely fantastic in the film. Again, the colours looked really vibrant in there. There was the use of purple very early on, very noticeable in that sequence, and the purple motif runs throughout the movie. Whether that's because of the fact that it's supposed to be symbolic. I know, I've read that um, in certain European countries, purple is a sign of death, of mourning, whether that's supposed to be pointing towards what happens at the climax of the film. It does feel that it was likely that it was done deliberately because everything seems so meticulously planned. The attention to detail again, these 60s Bond films is second to none. What you see on the screen, what you hear as well. The sound design that was used for the laboratory sequence or when Bond's in proximity of the laboratories, really, really superb. It's um, one of the first times since watching Doctor No at the cinema several weeks back that the innovative sound design of these films really, really does stand out. And the, the laboratory sequences in, in All Majesty's Secret Service, another fine example of the great work that was done during the 60s. The cinematography looked absolutely stunning throughout. The approach to Piz Gloria, the initial approach with the helicopter when Bond's arriving with Irma Bunt, that looked absolutely stunning. Going over the Alps, really breathtaking. 
Um, and of course, the sequence at the end, the climactic battle at Piz Gloria. You've got three helicopters, I think it is, around the perimeter of Piz Gloria. Looks absolutely outstanding on a really large cinema screen today. The ski chases looked absolutely outstanding. They certainly didn't disappoint on the big screen. They looked um, really spectacular. One of the bits that surprised me with how much more impactful it was seeing it on a big screen than on a decent widescreen TV was the um, avalanche sequence towards the end. That really did look utterly terrifying. Another sequence that took me by surprise of how um, good it looked on the big screen was the, the Christmas market. The, the sequence before the stock car rally, that looked incredible on the big screen. The colours are really vibrant, the amount of detail felt very, very immersive when you're watching it on a big screen rather than at home on a television. When Bond's trying to evade the Spectre agents. Telly Savalas' portrayal of Blofeld, um, he really does bring a weight to his portrayal that convinces as a crime lord. There's something even sinister about the way he holds a cigarette or pours a glass of champagne. Really like his performance. For me, he's the best Blofeld. Diana Riggs Tracy, she comes across as a match for Bond intellectually. She uses her sex appeal and intellect to distract Blofeld when the helicopters are on route to Piz Gloria. Diana Rigg's performance adds reality to some, at times, very simplistic dialogue. We, the audience, are just so lucky that an actress of her capability was willing to play the role of Tracy in, the, in a Bond film, having already made a name for herself as Emma Peel on television in The Avengers and on stage in many Shakespeare plays. One of the nice moments in the film is when Tracy pulls Bond's face to her to kiss him, rather than the other way around, which is what we used to with the um, previous four Connery films. Again, turning the relationship on its head and making her come across as more of an equal to Bond. Much has already been said about George Lazenby's lack of experience as an actor, but he does do the job admirably. As the film progresses, his performance grows and grows. Some of the witty lines on the earlier parts of the film, it feels like the humour fell flat a bit, unfortunately, in his delivery. And you can't help but wonder how the film would have been if Sean or Roger Moore had starred in On the Majesty's Secret Service. I can imagine Roger having a great deal of fun during the Peace Gloria sequences with the girls going from room to room with that twinkle in his eye and raising an eyebrow. And he would have loved delivering that slight stiffness line of dialogue. Having said that, George Lazenby, for his one outing as Bond in a feature film, really does do a very, very good job considering his lack of acting experience. And the sequence at the end when he's cradling Tracy in his arms is heartbreaking and it, it wouldn't be so if he wasn't so good in that particular scene. Overall, an outstanding evening's entertainment. Really enjoyed seeing On A Majesty's Secret Service on a decent-sized cinema screen, finally. I had actually seen it years ago in an art house cinema. But the screen size was pitiful compared to the Odeon cinema screen tonight and the sound was significantly better, the picture was significantly better. Absolutely blown away by it. Hope everybody else that's gone to see it also enjoyed it as much as I did. Looking forward to Diamonds Are Forever next week.
Never mind that. Go and get the brandy, huh? Five-star Hennessy, of course. As soon as I heard they were showing all of the Bond films at the cinema, I wanted to go every week. But with a newborn baby, this would prove to be difficult. On a Manchester Secret Service is my favourite Bond film, and all the time in the world was played at our wedding. So me and the wife got a babysitter and went to the Portsmouth View to see it. From the opening gun barrel sequence to the fight on the beach, my mind was already blown. People I love or hate this film. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because of George Lazenby, but I think he does a fine job. Seeing Diana Rigg on the big screen was also wonderful. The 1969 fashions really jump out at you. John Barry's soundtrack is his best, and the ski chase was wonderful. Some great stunt work. The scene that stood out most was when Bond and Tracy are being chased while skiing. There is a long camera shot of them all going down the hill, and it was beautiful. Really pleased I saw this on the big screen. I've seen this film countless times, but the cinema experience was fresh. The ending is heartbreaking, though. Thanks, guys. I love your podcast. Take care. I don't know whether you can hear what's been played in the background, but it's the instrumental break of The Living Daylights, which isn't actually in the film. But no, not, no. We, we've come out of a, another seminal Bond film on a Manchester Secret Service. I'll, I'll go to Rob first, because I, I, I think you're emotionally as jiggered as I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, that, that was an incredible cinema experience, that. Um, has to be seen on the big screen to be believed. I can't imagine what it did to audiences in the yeah. 60s. It just must have blown them to smithereens. Um, the, I mean, that, that's the most fulfilling experience I've had watching Bond, I think. I can remember for a very, very long time. Uh, right down to the minutiae. Um, like, this is the first time I've seen blood on Tracy's dress. Yeah, yeah. That's it, mate. Um, but also, what a flipping great James Bond, um, George Lazenby is. He's absolutely superb. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm goosebumps, I'm struggling, uh, <laughs> need to lie down. <laughs> no, that, I think that for me was the main takeaway, that I don't know why you'd want to even think of any other actor doing that, just because it was he's so good. Really and he's asked to do more than any other Bond, isn't he? Is it, yeah. I'm not saying the others that couldn't have done it, but I, I, I don't go for this, oh, if only Sean or Roger. Not or, at all. He, not he's perfect, I think. Do you reckon so? Yeah, I mean, for, for that... It's, it's all timing for yeah, me. Yeah. Like, at that specific time, at that moment. I think it's just, it's kind of needed to be that. I mean, I said this last time about how different you all and Twice was Super Mushroom Club, but if you, like, think back to, we've watched these in, you know, quick succession, yeah. but if you think about the length of time for an audience in that time, the way it got, how it got to you all the twice, it's just a natural progression for people waiting a year and then yeah. two years to get to the next thing, it has to be bigger. So I couldn't understand why they went this way anyway, just in terms of how they made this film, but then to use an actor like that, who was barely an actor in the first place, but it just, it brings so much more gravitas and vulnerability that, that, that Bond as a character needs in this film more yeah. than any other. Um, 
and I think somehow he manages to pull it off for me. He manages to pull it off. You know, for a lot of people say he doesn't, but I mean, he doesn't ruin this film. This film is not unwatchable because of him. It's not unwatchable no, at all, absolutely. in my opinion. Like yeah. everything about this is top class. You know, even things just the the way it looks is just similar but very different. Like just small things like the different angle in Money Penny's office where you see that the the fourth wall that we don't usually see yeah. because the camera's always there. And then just like small things just throw it again with Money Penny like we don't see Bond throw the hat again in the series at all and the last time he throws it she catches it and it's Oh my word and I, that's another move. And that's the last I didn't realise I, did, I didn't even think about that at all until just then and I was like, whoa yeah. And he's wearing the hat in the gun barrel as well. So and yeah, wow. it's the last time Bond wears traditionally wears a hat because Roger doesn't <laughs> Yeah Roger and, doesn't and, really know. And even now Sean has it in the Dance off every gun barrel. He doesn't wear one in the film. No no so Oh my again. word. Yeah. Rob, uh, M and Moneypenny, have uh, they ever been better? In I anything? don't know. I mean, I've, I've always loved Lois Maxwell and yeah, yeah. as well. But they, they, were, they were just super, but they were so involved in this one. Yeah. You know, they were key parts of Bond's team, so to speak, um, in getting the job done, even though they kept. Right, well, you're not allowed to do that, James. Now, don't do that. Yeah. James Gunn. Anyway, you know, no, I love. It was just perfect for me. I think um, what really surprised me actually was the avalanche scenes, seeing them on yeah, the screen. Yeah, the, the sound. Was huge. In, yeah. That was huge cinema. You know, um, that, that movie is ahead of its time. Absolutely ahead of its time. Um, I, yeah, I'm still stunned. Really. <laughs> though, though you're right, those never get mentioned as like a pioneering yeah, no scene. about the avalanche, but that was amazing. It's incredibly you filmed. model work in there, but, you know, beautifully yeah. shot actual avalanches, obviously work going on in yeah. there too it was all brilliant and the skiers and the stunts yeah. and everything and obviously John Glenn had a real hand in oh. the second unit and wow. what an amazing and the, I think it was the bobsleigh scene wasn't it that was his mm. first one he properly shot yeah. it's it's so odd isn't it it is again like you only twice were saying it's definite three acts first act again, you know it's very unlike one we've had before second act is completely different mm. on P's glory you know it's yeah. quite an unusual plot mm. and then the third act is one of the most satisfying there's a lot of action as well yeah it's so, it's so much spectacle but yeah it just, it, but it never for me feels overstated mm. you know it's so in that sweet yeah. spot of this is amazing and we're we're allowed to see it yeah it's all part of the story it's not too much you know you bring bond's shoes gray shoes when they're going up when he's going up towards his glory for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Same with the over and out sequence at the at dawn with the helicopters coming oh. in and Tracy's poem. Like it's all. I mean, it's that. That's like my one of my favorite sequences in cinema. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every single thing about that works. You know, from when the music goes out, it comes back in. Yeah. The acting, just the visual, everything. Yeah. I, I totally forgot in this time, Bond is an absolute dog in this movie. Yeah, I know he is, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Me, yeah. <laughs> it's something though, because he clearly doesn't, doesn't say ten in the no. actual thing. It's, obviously, it's just ADR'd in afterwards, but it's just so funny. That like, do you know what? You said eight and nine, we'll put ten in there. For yeah, yeah, yeah. We've not even met her. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some time. <laughs> but I don't, does it, that takes away from the love story, or...? No, no, I, no, not for good. Me. It's, We're hypocrites. It's like well, no, but it's like no, but it's like he says when he's in the barn when she's like, oh, what, what happened up there? And he's like, oh, I'm still on a the secret service. Like that was that was mission. That was yeah. him on mission. And good. I still don't condone. Well, do I condone it? <laughs> no, 
but he did it. I, and I, what am I yeah. going to do? Go into the screen and say, no, you need to tell her yeah, right tell now. Her now. Yeah, tell her now. He also nicked Gumbolt's um, centrefold as well. He, he, I yeah, he the whole magazine. He yeah, he did. This could blow my cover, but you know what? It was worth it for this. <laughs> yeah, I know. For this dirty poster. Risking everything, yeah. You know, if you imagine it like the, the the draw scene in the next movie, you know, like uh, <laughs> knife, the filthy poster. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know. See, what I thought about at least, like, you, although like Rob's not seen like the previous ones on the big screen. I mean, you saw the opening sequence had the shots. I mean, so technically, you have yeah. seen yeah. Goldfinger and yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That you actually heard those up. pieces of music as well. Yeah, so, all in you know, yeah. So. It's odd that, isn't it's it? Great. I think that is so the audience isn't put off that it's a totally new guy. Yes. I'm sure that's why they did it yeah. as well in the intro. Yeah. Same old Jake. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, it. yeah. It yeah. everything very nicely and catches you up with the you know, the japes he's been up to at <laughs> this point, you know. Yeah. And the ending, lads, was it every bit as emotional as you as you thought? Yeah. Yeah, as hard hitting as ever. Um, harder, to be honest, because I think because I was that immersed. I was yeah. mentioned as well to the sound design as well. Yes. Yeah. Hearing it in yeah. surround sound, there was bullets flying all over the place. Um, there was carol singers over on one side and yeah. cars exploding on the other. That's it was a, a totally immersive yeah. um, series, uh, immersive experience. But the when um, she gets killed, shot, the last thing she says is talking about what kids they're going to have. Yeah, and yeah. I've never picked that up with and it right, nailed up there. Nailed it's up. just, again, in the audience, what did you hear? You said oh, so yeah. heard someone, I heard yeah. someone at the back go, you know, in the silence afterwards. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> which I really appreciated. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think if you'd never seen that before, I'd dread to think what on earth You're that must have been like. Big cry. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you know, without sort of going into it too much, but you can see the sort of no time to die trying to do an awful lot of what is in the film from the look, the cinematography the way the love story unfolds and yeah the lines at the end obviously yeah. in the car and all that the feeling of doomed um, tragedy was all doomed yeah. romance doomed relationships and doomed tragedy doomed tragedy I can't really answer same thing tragedy <laughs> <laughs> right well um, guys it's, it's been emotional that's what they say yeah. but we will be back for a slightly different tone hopefully next hi week hi there Mr Q <laughs> <laughs> You oh, just killed James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh no, I'm, I'm looking for. I I love the change of tone. It'll be quite odd though when you've the people who've seen all of them in a row. This yeah. one was a bit of a change of tone, but like adding new things. And yes. Yeah. But it's, then time was like, Ooh. it's Tiffany Case. I've like, I've become so obsessed with her. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I just need I just need like <laughs> keep leaning on that Twitter chart. You're gonna get shot in the mouth like. Like, I think I've said that already, like on one of these, and I'm sure I'm going to say it again, yeah, because yeah. it's just become my favourite line ever. Somehow. It's a heck of a line. Say so whenever you're uh, getting, getting some petrol, basically. Petrol yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway. Over and out. That's, the, that's the line. Yeah. Upon returning from the cinema, I realised that Bond does actually throw a hat again. I'm scared that he threw it more times than I can't remember but he definitely threw it again in a view to, to a kill and again it was to Lois Maxwell's money penny he threw her hat to her another nice touch and another nice hat throw from Bond to money penny in their respective last films as well so uh, yes just wanted to mention that as well <laughs> hi there Tom Donnelly here um, really pleased to 
contribute to the to the pod, reflecting on seeing on a Majesty's Secret Service at the Preston Odeon earlier in the week. It's a film that I, I, I guess, like many people at the time, had kind of not appreciated how how good it actually is. But seeing it on the on the the big screen uh, has really made it come to life even more. I've seen it numerous times on the small screen, but uh, as others have said. Not just of this film, but of the of the run so far, for the 60th, 60th anniversary of the Bond franchise. It just really brought the film a lot more to life, especially real high notes for me with the, the ski scenes and uh, the, the cable car escape scene where uh, Bond's obviously locked in there and has to try and escape and seeing it on the big screen just ratcheted up the, the tension. I, I really do think that, I think others have said, you know, John Barry's score for that film is, is arguably the best of his film scores uh, for the Bond films and arguably the, the best of all of them, in my view. Reflecting again on it, I was thinking to myself, you know, George obviously came into that role, it's the only film that he did. Would Connery have suited it better? No, I don't, I, I don't think he would have. Could Roger have, have done it uh, better than George? Possibly, but I, the only other uh, of the of the actors that played Bond that maybe would have fitted it is probably Tim Dalton, but I'm guessing he'd probably have been a bit too young by that point. There, there was actually a really good chemistry between George and and Diana. If it wasn't in my, my top five going into seeing it in the cinema for the first time, uh, it definitely is. It definitely is a permanent fixture in my, my top five. Really enjoyed it. Happy to contribute. Look forward to, to maybe seeing you guys at a, a screening of one of the later films um, in the run. Thanks very much. Hi folks, Kevin Brown here, aka Kevin Richard, once again and on this occasion to discuss and divulge my sentiments and thoughts in relation to the recent cinematic nationwide 4K screening of Honor Majesty's Secret Service, aka OHMSS. Now, I'm going to get stuck in to my review of the screening in just a second, but if you guys are happy to indulge me for a few moments, I just want to give a major shout-out to dear George, George Lazenby, 007 himself. This film is generally regarded by a certain amount of Bond fans as the greatest Bond film of all time. I'm one of those people. The film is held in higher acclaim than it ever has been before, but I still don't feel that George Lazenby receives enough acclaim and adulation for his portrayal of 007. I'm going to be honest, George Lazenby was an excellent Bond. He was. We all know his grassroots, his growings up, how hard he lobbied for the part, and we all know as quickly as he earned the part, he relinquished it. Had fate presented itself in a different manner, George would have undertaken, certainly, I feel, almost of Sir Roger's Bond movies. I feel the 70s would have taken a different tone in regards to Bond, but who knows? This is all by the by. It's very interesting to speculate, but the fact remains, he walked away. I think that's really sad because George desperately wanted this role and as soon as he got it, he let it go. But that's, that's how it is, that's how it was. Maybe less is more, I don't know. But the fact is, George was an excellent Bond and he is up there on the same level as Sir Sean, Sir Roger, Tim, Pierce, Daniel. George Lazenby was 007 and he was excellent. That's my opinion and I think he made an absolutely sublime film. 
I really do. And I feel the film would have been very much different had Sir Sean continued, fulfilled his sixth instalment within the picture deal. And again, it would have been very different had Sir Roger taken on the mantle of James Bond. But again, that's all speculation. George brings for me a certain sensitivity and vulnerability that we hadn't seen, certainly not until that point in the franchise. And yeah, those final scenes for me, they leave a lump in the throat, there's no doubt about it. And it's one of the greatest scenes I feel in cinematic history. But honestly, I could sit here and discuss George Lazenby's portrayal all afternoon. I'm sure you don't want to hear that. But for me, no, George was excellent. I think it's tragic that he didn't at least do one more Bond film. And yeah, may the success of Majesties long continue. And I think that is in part, to whatever degree, down to dear George. And yeah, you know what? This never happened to the other fella. But yes, major shout out and big love to dear George. Let's get on to my review of the actual screening itself. To be fair, I'll be honest, I was just reveling in or at least I tried to revel in the magic and wonder of Majesties. I think it's the best Bond movie ever made. It ranks as my number one. Live and Let Die is my personal favourite Bond movie. That's only two films away now. So there's not much really I can say. It was just brilliant and epic. This film never gets old for me. I love pretty much everything about this film, if not everything, whether that be the musical score, the casting, the characters, the storyline. The, this film just has something special, as did Dear George. But no, for me, the, the things that I noticed in this film were mainly the, it was mainly the music. The music for me is one of the biggest aspects. It's one, it's probably my favorite sound, well it is my favorite soundtrack of the entire franchise. Um, and for me, just that musical, experience being in a theatre with surround sound it was superb potentially it could have been a little louder but honestly it was still epic but just 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 the experience of seeing this film on the big screen has been just a privilege a pleasure and a privilege is how i'll state it this is how this film was meant to be seen as was all the bond films it doesn't matter which one you're watching every film deserves to be seen on the big screen but for me it was the thrill was just being able to revel in the magic and wonder of this instalment and for what stood out for me was the music. So if you haven't already seen it and it's still showing, please go and see it. I'm a completist, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm not going to miss one of these if I can help it. But if you're going to see any of them, go and see this one because this is a very special film, an excellent 007. Most people forget as well that he was nominated for New Star of the Year, Golden Globe in 1970, so it couldn't have been that bad. Dear George, you were not bad, you were excellent. This never happened to any other fella. An absolutely outstanding film. For me, it ranks as the pinnacle, at the pinnacle, the ultimate. You won't get a better experience really in this franchise, so for me, go and see it, enjoy, revel, and yes, hopefully I shall see you all again for the next one. Thanks a lot. This is Trevor Baxendale, just out of seeing Honor Majesty's Secret Service on the big screen. What an absolute honour and a privilege it was to see that beautiful film exactly how it was intended. 
I can't go into too much detail because my mind is still blown away, to be honest, about how good that looked in, in the cinema. The sound, the cinematography, everything in it, the cast, all absolutely turning out the very, very best for an incredible film. It's unique and rightly so. It's difficult to imagine that film with anybody other than George Lazenby in it. I know there's a lot being said about George's performance, but I think it's exactly right for the film. And I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. On the Majesty's Secret Service on the big screen. Wow. What an absolute pleasure. I've had a day now to just sort of let On a Majesty's Secret Service settle and it still impacted me. The, the experience is still sort of running through my veins. I can't quite believe what I've just seen and it was a different experience to the other ones because the first four or five, you know, they're quite they're like a formula that is getting better and better and progressing and the character of Bond is so entrenched and you you really feel like He's, a, he's almost a superhero and that he is just the ultimate guy and you love him. But on a Manchester Secret Service, it's a completely different character of, that you see of Bond. I'm not saying it's not the same character necessarily, but it's seeing that vulnerable side of him. And yes, we've seen a lot of that in the last five films, but to, for audiences to see that in 1969 must have been a, quite a, a, real, a real sort of change. And the whole, the whole film, of course, is... is is pretty faithful to the book and I think even then though it must have still been a shock to sort of see it play out for, for audiences who hadn't read the book or those who had because you think are they actually going to do this but yeah I mean it was it was great first of all to see it with Sam and Rob and then just to sort of look at them their reactions and they were looking at my reaction and it's just just to, the, the pleasure and privilege of seeing one of the best James Bond films at the cinema when you're, you're doing a podcast on it, it, it's just incredible and I can't believe we're being given this chance. And, you know, you, you, you'll have missed it now, guys, this time. I do hope they show it again because it is one of the very best and it's one of the most cinematic. And there's so many bits in it that are enhanced watching it on a huge screen and the sound system, I think that was a, that was a big difference, not just the music, which has never been better in my opinion in the entire franchise but the noise of the avalanche the the skiing the sound design and the the punches the the fights i thought the fights were outstanding and that's something that it, no one really ever mentions in the first few films i think the fights are pretty realistic you can feel the punches in this you see blood you know you see blood on on bond you see blood on tracy gunther as well it's for a PG, I can't believe it's a PG, but it was just a, a visceral, awe-inspiring experience that I'm so happy that I got to see it and I feel really bad for those who didn't. What an am amazing, amazing franchise this is. Just those final few moments will stay with me forever. Every time I watch them, I choke up. I think this time more than ever, I knew that was the bit that was gonna hit me, but it was the bit just before when they're talking about having kids and then before that, the, the money penny crying and so much showdown tell that we keep going about so much 
superb acting from Dinah Rigg and, and George Lazenby. George, if you ever listen to this, you're a fine actor. I don't care what anybody says. You are one of the main reasons on a Manchester Secret Service is a top-tier Bond film. You know, I haven't given you a wedding present yet. I had an idea about that. Three girls, three boys. Pleased? Mmm, not bad for a start. But darling, now we have all the time in the world. We do look like an ad for a flower shop. And that reminds me, I didn't even send you flowers. Anyway, you have given me a wedding present. The best I could have. The future. Mrs. Bond, shut up. And don't eat it all at once. He loves me. Instinctively. Infuriatingly. Intensely. In... 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 In? In? Indubitably. <laughs> First a boy, and then a girl. It's Blofeld. It's Blofeld. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.